new drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project this summer, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, let's go out to the hotline with bringing a longtime friend of mine, longtime NHL defenseman Steve Conroy. And, of course, you can catch him on the NHL Network after the Avs-Blues game is over. You don't need to watch TNT. You know why? Gresky shows up whenever he feels like it. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a really good player, but, dude. He's the great one. Well, you know what? You don't show up whenever you feel like it. Steve is always there. He's always there on time. And you can catch him at 9 o'clock local time following the Avs against the Blues. Steve, how are you, my friend? Eric, Terry, I'm Hi, great. Steve. And that's what, uh, that's what blue-collar hockey players had to do, is show up every day, and that's what I do uh, on the NHL Network, too. Okay, so a lot of the uh, Avs players have said the right things. We need to have a short memory going into Game 6. You played in the NHL for a long time. Clearly, that's the right thing to say. We know that is going to be the rhetoric. Is it truly that easy? Uh, no, it's not easy. You know, it, it's kind of like a goaltender having to forget about the last bad goal he just left in, let in, or a quarterback who just threw an interception and he's getting ready for his next pass, or you know, a pitcher who just you know threw a home run ball and now he's got to try and throw a strike in his next at bat. Um, it, it's easier said than done, um, you know. But that all being said. We're talking about the Colorado Avalanche, and they are an elite team. Um, they are strong through all four lines, all three sets of D. Um, you know, I know their, their goaltending has been questioned. They had a pretty good regular season. So, you know, as, as long as they've got the confidence, uh, they should be okay. Now, you know, that all being said, too, St. Louis is looking for the upset. They, they did it last game. They're down 3 nothing, as everyone knows. They came back. Um, and they feel like they can do it again because this is a team that, when they won their Stanley Cup back in 2019, they were ranked last in the NHL, and I think it was January 4th, yeah. maybe even a little later. And Craig Ruby was brought in. Yeah, so they went from worst to first, um, and they've, they've got that confidence, and you know, right now they've got a little bit of mojo, and I'm not a believer in, in momentum carrying from game to game, but it's real important, real important that uh, Colorado has a good start in St. Louis. I've got a couple of quick ones. First one's silly. When you play for the Hartford Whalers, do you ever get brass bonanza out of your head? <laughs> I, I still every once in a while think about brass bonanza, and uh, I'm surprised the Carolina Hurricanes didn't adopt that as, as one of their things down in uh, – in Carolina, but yeah, that's a that's a catchy tune. Yeah, why not just steal it? You were a stay-at-home yeah. defenseman, as you watch the Avalanche defensemen who have all been given the mandate and carte blanche to jump up in the rush. Is it jarring at all to you, or has the game just changed that much? No, it's changed a lot, and you know, I think part of it is that 
goalies are so good, defensive schemes are so good, Terry, that you've got to have a fourth and a fifth guy attacking. You just can't have three forwards rushing the puck and hoping for them to, to weave their magic. What, what, what those guys are doing now are looking for the late guy coming, the, the fourth guy, the fifth guy. And, you know, so now defensemen are more like rovers. And especially when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche, as you guys well know, whether it's, you know, McCarr or Taves or Byram, uh, even Josh Manson now, they've got the green light to join the rush. So um, it has changed an awful lot. I think it makes for more exciting hockey. Uh, it's definitely tougher to defend as a defenseman when you're not just worried about the forwards and you got to worry about a guy like Kale McCarr. So, uh, yeah, th- th- that is certainly one aspect. The game has changed not only from when I played, you know, almost 30 years ago, but I'd say even in the last 10 years, you're seeing a lot more of the defensemen you know, getting involved in the rush and, and on the offense. Steve, I want to take a step back to what happened in Game 5. And you and I spoke about this briefly on the phone earlier today. This team is built front to back, where the defensemen, as Terry pointed out, get up into the play. With about eight minutes to go in the second period, it seemed like they just played not to lose. They didn't play their game. They stopped attacking. They started dumping the puck in. They started chipping the puck, getting cute with their passes. Is that on the players, or is that incumbent upon the coach to say, guys, what in the hell are we doing? Stop it. Keep attacking. Um, I don't know where the directive came from. Typically, when you see a team change from period to period in their, you know, in their attack or you know, in their, in their strategy, it's probably coming from the coaching staff. You know, I think as players, they're like thoroughbreds out there and they just want to go out there and run, or they just want to go out there and score. Um, you know, they had the three, nothing lead. I think it was even three, one after two periods, you know, may, maybe it was from the coaching staff guys. Let's, you know, we've got enough to win. Let's just protect our lead. And as we discussed earlier, Eric, uh, you know, prevent defense, a lot of times prevents you from winning because, the hockey now uh, is all about puck possession, and, and your best defense is when you're possessing the puck and you're in their end, and they're 200 feet away from your net. So I don't know where the directive came from. Maybe it was the players. Maybe they decided to do it, but I, I, I strongly suspect that that probably came from behind the bench. Um, and, you know, we're, we're reading an awful lot into it, but um, when you see a team change its style, typically not the guys just taking it upon themselves. It, it's coming from a from a higher source. Well, what particularly was jarring about it is this is a team that has scored five or more goals in almost one-third of its regular season games. Is the is the mental pressures in the playoffs that daunting that it can create such a change in a team's identity? Well, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, pressure is, is what you make of it. And, you know, they were on the, uh, the verge of, of getting to a place they hadn't been in I think I heard almost 20 years and that, yeah, that's 20 the, years. You know, the Western, the Western conference finals. So I'm sure that's in the back of their hands at the back of their minds. And, you know, they don't want to wreck it. And they, they want to make sure that they're being safe and, and, and they're just trying to get to that, that next level, that next step. And, you know, maybe they got ahead of themselves. I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't in the room and, and even though I did watch the game, I was traveling to New York here to, to be in the NHL network. So I didn't see the full 60 minutes. Um, but what I did see in that third period was St. Louis with an awful lot of momentum and a little bit of belief. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, here's a team that went from the worst in the NHL to winning a Stanley Cup inside of about four months. 
So they think anything's possible. And the other thing, Terry, that I saw, and I don't know if I'm being re- really critical of Darcy Kemper, but uh, there were some goals that I think he'd like to have back. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were cer- certainly some rebounds that, that he would like to have back. Um, so, you know, you got to forget about it. And that, that's the one thing about being a goaltender. You know, I talked about being a quarterback or being a pitcher. It's, it's probably the most pressure-packed position in all of hockey. You're on the ice the whole time, and you're the last line of defense. And when there's a goal scored, everyone's looking at you. So, um, you know, he's got he's to bounce back with his best game. And I like what he did against Nashville. There's been a couple questionable games against St. Louis. But he is certain capable of coming back with a, with a real strong performance. And listen, he doesn't have to stand on his head because he's playing behind the Colorado Avalanche. And as you mentioned, they're going to score him four, five, maybe six goals. Just make sure you're, you're not letting the, the easy ones in. We are talking with Steve Conroy, a longtime NHL defenseman. Of course, you can catch him on the NHL Network. Uh, after tonight's Avs-Blues game, switch over from TNT and watch Steve on the NHL Network as he will be part of, really, the post-game show on the NHL Network. Terry and I talked about this in the last segment. <clears throat> I understand that Gary Bettman in the league would love to see Chicago, Chicago play a New York team or maybe L.A., a bigger market, maybe Toronto. How great would this be for the NHL to finally have Connor McDavid the marquee player in the league right now, go up against Nathan McKinnon. Do you think that could possibly generate more interest in the United States? Well, I think so, because, you know, even though you're not talking about huge markets, you're talking about superstars. And, you know, when you look at the NBA, I think that's kind of how they they market their game is, is not so much the name of the team, but the name of the individual. And, Everyone, you know, if you're a hockey fan, everyone knows who Connor McDavid is. Uh, anyone, everyone knows who Nathan McKinnon is too. So, um, I, I would absolutely drool over a series like that. I mean, you know, they just think of it. You'd have McKinnon, McDavid, and McCarr. You'd have the Trimax, and they could call it the Trimax series, and three of three of the elite players in the NHL uh, up against each other. And you know, Leon Drysaddle, I, I thought maybe over the last three games in that series with with Calgary was even though he was injured was one of the best players on the ice he he was just absolutely phenomenal so uh that would be a great series I know Colorado doesn't want to get too far ahead of themselves but uh that would certainly be one that the fans should be licking their chops in anticipation of clearly um if you were on the ice McKinnon never would have gotten by you on that end-to-end rush right (laughs) uh no I've watched that so many times he (laughs) didn't so many different things eric on that goal besides the speed if you watch his top elbow how high like when he pulls the puck in by his body you know he's got to pull it close to his body your elbow's got to come really high and then he gets around letty and tell you letty's no slouch. i mean he's not a great defenseman but he's a great skater and then to wedge that puck up over the shoulder of Billy Huso with literally no room. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. So, yeah. No, I, I was beat many a time uh, in the <laughs> NHL, and uh, I, I'm sure Nathan McKinnon, he would have been the fastest guy I'd ever faced. He, he certainly could have beat me like a, a rented mule. And and clearly when you watch McCarr, you you feel like you're looking at a Steve Young, uh, <laughs> a young Steve Conroy, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, not even in the same league. Uh, I, 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 just, I, you know, he scored the goal of the year, I thought, against the Chicago Blackhawks. That was unbelievable. Uh, was that one of the greatest goals you've ever seen? 
It really was because uh, the change of direction, the stutter step, you know, looking off, and I think it was Kyle. It, it, no, it wasn't. It was, um, I'm trying to remember the forward. Anyway, the forward was thinking he's going to pass the whole way. And then as soon as McCarr realized that, he just button hooked the other way and he was off to the races. So um, he's a special talent. And, you know, these guys, that's, you know, another one of the biggest differences between when I played and, and these guys are just their, their speed and their zero to 60 speed going from literally a standstill to 60 miles an hour in like two seconds. So, um, yeah, you guys are lucky because not only do you have McCarr, uh, Bowen Byram, I think, is a real special player too. And maybe not as flashy as a, a Kale McCarr, but he's going to be around a long time, and, and he is certainly a good one. He was born four days after the Avalanche last Stanley Cup championship. <laughs> hey, Terry, that means we're getting old. Oh, yeah. And we'll also have to talk sometime about covering and playing in games in the Calgary Corral, and I was with Lanny McDonald when he got traded to the Flames, to you guys, and Lanny was crying, and Rob Ramage told him, it's the best thing that's going to ever happen to you, and he turned out to be right. Yeah, he was right, and the, the old Calgary Corral, people might not realize it, but only held about 5,800 people, and we played there for over two years uh, in the NHL. Had about 6,000 fans a game. And the it tic- it, the it tic- got rocking, and it was fun. The tickets were $58. I remember that. That was just outrageous. Well, yeah, you're talking, what, 1980, 81, 82? 80, 80, 81, 82, 83. Yeah. yeah. All right, so exactly. don't forget, game is on TNT tonight, and then after, don't stick around for TNT's postgame, even if Gretzky decides to show up, which we know he won't. Steve Conroy, your guy on the NHL Network. Steve, we'll catch up soon. Hey, Eric, one other thing. Yep. I'm on with Devin Dubnik tonight. Devin Dubnik, a former Colorado Avalanche. There you um, go. Well, yeah. does he have a rooting interest in the game? I'm guessing he does. I, I have not talked to him yet. Yesterday was his first day on the NHL Network, so I'll have to, I'll have to pick his brain tonight. And one other thing, um, our, my, my daughter's uh, in-laws both live in uh, the Red Rock area. Oh. Pat and Greg Spurrier. So I just want to give out a shout-out to the Spuriers who are up in Red Rock, and they're huge Avalanche fans. So go to Lanch. Well, listen, next time you're in town, I'll let you buy me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Eric. See you, pal. Tell Devin he might be needed. Yeah, I'll, yeah, you're right. I'll tell him that. Steve, have a good uh, show tonight. See you, man. Good. All right, Steve Conroy. Coming up after the break. NFL.com's Jim Trotter wrote an article titled, These Three Teams Are Ready to Make a Playoff Run After Missing Out on the Playoffs Last Season. Are the Broncos part of that list? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Harmazza. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to RMFP.com. NFL.com's Jim Trotter wrote an article titled, 
three teams ready to make the playoffs after missing out on the playoffs last season. He listed the Colts, the Chargers, and the Saints, not the Broncos. Barring any major injuries to the Broncos, I think people are going to be livid if the Broncos do not make the playoffs. I really do. They're going to be like, wait a minute. Russell Wilson was supposed to be the guy, and what the hell happened? But again? in this division, it's going to be a hard road to climb. And that's what people will fail to realize. And the division's gotten better, the Chargers especially. And how about the AFC in general? Yeah. In general, the AFC's better. My team, though, I would... So we're talking about the Broncos being off this list. I think the other team... The Broncos off, are off the list. I yeah. know. I'm saying the Broncos are off this list. The other team off this list, which I would have on it, would be the Vikings. Yeah, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a big fan of his either, but I think yeah. Kevin O'Connell will do a good job of trying to get his head on straight. So how would they miss the playoffs, in your opinion, if there aren't major injuries? Although you did oh, say the Broncos. You, you, the Broncos. What did I say? No, I'm, I, I was talking yeah, about well, the Yeah, Vikings. the Broncos. So what reasons could we Simply give? Simply because there's just the strength throughout the division in the conference. They don't play in a vacuum. Russell Wilson could even have a good year and unnecessarily make the playoffs. He can make them overachieve. This is not a really, 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 really good football team around him yet. Um, I don't think the defense is as good as it was last year. I think Russell Wilson with the and I it's two really different things with him. One is we know the talent that he brings to the field. We know the resume that he brings to the field, but I really do think he is changing the attitude around that organization. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something else that I find interesting because I've covered this team for a long time, as have you, but I'm going to talk about the last six years and compare them to just the short amount of time. Russell Wilson has been here. Russell Wilson, when he talks, he talks touchdowns. He talks about scoring touchdowns. He said, every guy is a threat on the field to score a touchdown. What have we heard the last six years? And I'll give one quote that sums it up for all the quarterbacks who have played for the Broncos since Peyton Manning retired. Ball security is job security. All these other quarterbacks talked about not making mistakes. Russell Wilson doesn't talk about not making mistakes. He talks about touchdowns. Or he doesn't ask, hey, Brandon McManus, what's your, what do you think your range is today? I don't know if that question's ever been asked. <laughs> but I think that's the difference in the attitude shift. Mm-hmm. We're talking about scoring and scoring a lot of points. The other teams talked about don't turn the ball over, hand it to the defense, and maybe we can squeak out a 17-14 to 14 game. But don't you think he could be moderately, moderately successful in, in instilling all of those attributes and still not be quarterbacking necessarily a playoff team. He, he can he can lead them to be better. Yes. He can make it a better team. He can be inspiring. He they can will even be have a better team. He can even have a good year, but they might not still make the playoffs. I think he's going to have a really good year because I think that he and Hackett will work really well together and design an offense that's terrific. But again, you have a first-year head coach. Yeah. So that really is a wild card. And first-year head coach, first-year defensive coordinator, first-year offensive coordinator, first-year special teams mm-hmm. coach, and then you have Dom Capers trying to keep it all together. Hey, guys. Right. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Right. So is, they, is here, Dom Capers going to be able to step in and say, don't do that? 
I think that's why Hackett brought him in. But I'll tell you what should be more concerning if the Broncos don't make the playoffs this year. How's it going to look next year? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is this. They don't have a first-round draft pick next year. They don't have a second-round draft pick next year. Russell Wilson's going to have a new contract, and they're not going to be bringing in a whole bunch of free agents. So this team, if they don't make it, what's it going to look like next year? Well, and some of it depends on the ambition and the uh, breadth and the uh, the uh, of the ownership, new ownership. If if if, if Rob Walton comes in. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't know if new ownership really makes much of a difference for the on the field product. No, but they have to set a tone for the rest of the organization, or just stand there and let let George Payton run it. And he, and they should. They should do that, just like Pat Boland did that with Mike Shanahan. Mm-hmm. He let Mike Shanahan run the team. Yeah, he'd walk around in a fur coat and he'd be in the locker room, and that was great. But he empowered his guys and said, "I'm going to let you do your job." Part of the test, if Rob Boland does take over the team, which I think. We all agree is likely, don't you think? Um, there's a new, there's a new uh, bitter in town. Uh, this kid who played for Michigan State and his brother, who are worth a combined like twelve billion. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Okay. But I think this is Walton's team if he wants it. So we there probably honeymoon periods for every owner coming in, and some owners lived up to the uh, I will stand in the background let the football people run it. Some I bet they said that about Daniel Snyder when well, he, when he, he took over. Daniel, Daniel Snyder, <clears throat> he is, there are not a lot of Daniel Snyders in this league. There are very few, on a, in many well, different well, levels. Well, they're trying to avoid it happening again. They're trying to kick him out. Yes. They want him out. They're there's, planning on possibly putting a vote together on him. They're zealously attempting to uh, enhance the screening the screening properties for new owners. Too. Well, but here's the thing. There are two separate things about Daniel Snyder. One, he's a jerk. And... He 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 basically oversaw sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and he cheated the NFL out of money. That that's that's the one latter bo- one is the worst one in the NFL's eyes. But that's one box. That's box number yeah. one. Box number two is what fans don't want: a meddling owner who tells Mike Shanahan, "You should draft Robert Griffith. Mm-hmm. That should be your guy." And you don't want the owner making decisions, kind of like you don't want Jerry Jones making decisions. The only reason why the Cowboys have been able to pick up more talent is because his son has taken over, mm-hmm. essentially choosing the players or at least having the final decision. Jerry Jones has screwed up on so many levels. Well, he, he had a fantastic team when before the cap came in. He had a fantastic team when he hired Jimmy Johnson, yeah. and then he let his ego get in the way. That was his problem. He should have let Jimmy Johnson do what he wanted to do. He did not want to share the spotlight. Well, then that's why his teams have trouble making the playoffs. I've been down there for sporting news stories when Jerry Jones would bring you in his office, put a Diet Coke in front of you, sit down, and act like you're the most important person in the world. So he got a lot of honeymoon press for a while until they discovered that this is all a sham. His ego has cost that franchise Super Bowl titles. And I know what happened at the beginning because they hired the right guy, his buddy. He hired his friend, Jimmy Johnson, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Johnson had had enough. And the, one of the main reasons why Troy Aikman retired, one of the main reasons why, because he has said it publicly, he could not play for Barry Switzer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, no, he had a lot of concussions too. But he said, I want out. I cannot play for this guy. But Barry Switzer was like, did, didn't do anything. He literally didn't do anything. He well, won a Super Bowl. Well, that's something. He, he, but he inherited talent. No, I mean, he didn't do anything in terms of actual coaching. He would... He turned the team over to his assistant. He was laid back. And there's 
it's actually nothing wrong with that if it's implemented in a strategic in an intelligent, strategic fashion, the, the prob- as the CEO type. The problem for Barry Switzer was when he was in college, he was a taskmaster. Jimmy Johnson, in college and with the Cowboys, was a taskmaster. When Barry Switzer became the head coach of the Cowboys, he was hands-off, and Treichman said, we need some leadership, yeah. and it can't just be on me, and he said, I'm gone. Coming up after the break, ESPN is going to be doing a documentary, and this is going to be fantastic about one of our local teams. You're going to want to hear what this documentary is going to be. Also, should there be other documentaries about Denver teams? We'll talk about that next. Just shoot for the stars If it feels right and aim for my heart Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry Presented by Silter Har Mazda a no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the uh, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99, testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. All right, ESPN's going to do a documentary on the Avalanche-Red Wings rivalry long overdue. Terry, you covered those teams. Uh, They only have a certain amount of time. I don't know if it's going to be an hour or 90 minutes. Tell me something the documentary has to have in it, but they might overlook. I want to see Mike Keene standing at his locker at his stall in uh, Joe Louis Arena after the March 26th, 1997 game, saying the Red Wings have no heart. And it, to wave after wave of reporters, Mike Keene sounding the challenge for the, future, for the ongoing enmity moving forward, saying the Red Wings have no heart, they're gutless, for having brought this up in a game in Joe Louis Arena, and having the having Darren McCarty involved, well, with, give me give us the context for those that don't know. Uh, he said this when before what game, what happened preceding it, so on and so forth. In the Western Conference Finals, of course, Chris Draper had been nailed by Claude Lemieux. It was not, it was an accident of geometry, but it was a careless, dangerous hit, and Chris Draper's face was basically broken in the Western Conference Finals final game. And after the game, Dino Cicerelli of the Red Wings shook hands with Claude Lemieux and then realized to his horror when he saw Draper in the locker room later that what, did it, what damage had been caused. And he said, I can't believe I shook his freaking hand. I think that'll be in the... Don't you think that'll be no, in I'm the... No, I'm talking doc- about the Keen thing. How, what, okay, what? I'm getting there. That's oh, okay. the background. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So now, so now the Red Wings clearly are going out after revenge the next season. And Darren McCarty is the avenge, the masked or the helmeted avenger he told me you like that phrase. The helmeted, aven- helmeted Avenger and was waiting for this, for an opportunity for this to happen. And uh, and it, I would like to see this too. Igor Larionov and Peter Forsberg got entangled. And I really started the, started the uh, it, it was an excuse for Darren McCarty to jump Claude Lemieux. And he did. Claude Lemieux turtled. And the game just degenerated from there, the March 26th game. So that was really the, the first conflagration involved in the rivalry 
And Mike, Mike Keene was standing at that locker challenging the Red Wings for being gutless, for being heartless, for waiting and doing it at home when they had a chance to do it sooner. I think that was the first kind of uh, trumpet call in the rivalry, and uh, that has to be in there. So we will wind up watching that. Don't know when it comes out. I'm thinking what other great documentaries could there be about our Denver teams? Now, I'll pick the low-hanging fruit. The life of Tim Tebow here in Denver, his playing career would be a fascinating documentary. Absolutely yeah. fascinating. A, stu- a study in a lot of things, including media coverage and fan reaction. Everything. Again, I've been doing this for 30 years and in multiple markets. The two un- most unbelievable stories I've ever covered, number one, the 2007 Rockies, and that should be, I would love to see that as a documentary as well, and the Tim Tebow thing. Because those were unbelievable stories. They were great stories, as was the Avs Red Wings. Anything else would be a great story? I had written down the 07 Rockies because that was the darnest thing I ever saw. And right. I think it was just, it was, it was. Just Lightning in a bottle. Yes. It, it was a miracle. It was unbelievable. You it was. throw all that out. Right. I wrote down the 77 Broncos because it was a trans. It was a transformational time in Denver. They did not win the Super Bowl. They won the AFC Championship game on January 1st, 1978 against the Raiders in a game that has uh, gone down in great lore and legend. It's that all en- over Fat Man. But, but in that entire season was so transformative. It was in a different time for Denver. Uh, Star Wars was coming out. Saturday Night Fever. We were arguing over whether uh, there should be an encircling freeway around Denver. Dick Lamb was involved. We were arguing about everything. The market was transforming. We were going from uh, being kind of an outpost with an inferiority complex into a major league city. And so the Broncos, the Broncos, the 77 Broncos uh, going through the AFC, winning the AFC West, beating the, beating the Raiders in the uh, AFC championship game, and, and the anticlimactic, anticlimactic nature of the Super Bowl. That was that would be worthy of a great documentary. I know a book they could probably base it on. Yours. How many screenplays are you going to write until they finally get picked up? <laughs> what do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Oh Well, one former NFL quarterback is looking to return to the NFL, and the Rockies continue their weekend series against the Nationals up in Washington. We will preview those games and more next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at TFry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, it is Memorial Day. A lot of people like to grill out. They like to have a drink in their hands. So my suggestion is this. Stop by Argonaut Wine and Liquor and pick up your favorite beer, maybe wine, maybe a spirit that you really enjoy. And you don't have to really go anywhere to get it. If you live in the city, they're off of Colfax. You know exactly where they are. I mean, listen, if Westward's going to vote them the best liquor store in Denver five years in a row and you live in the city, of course you know where Argonaut Wine and Liquor is. But if you're going to grill out, 
they can deliver to you all over the Denver metro area. And if your bill is over 100 bucks, they're going to deliver for free. With that, I want to bring in Josh Robinson, the marketing director for Argonaut Wine and Liquor. How are you, my friend? Hey, doing good, Eric. How are you? There are certain weekends that are big, well, for lack of a better phrase, booze and weekends. You got, I mean, let's just really call it like it is. Seriously, right? Let's call it like it is. You have Memorial Day, you have Labor Day, Fourth of July, and probably New Year's Eve. Is that probably a fair statement? Absolutely. I mean, all those plus, you know, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving Eve, all those, anything where you guys are getting together, you know, we, we can do it. And uh, we also offer complimentary beverage planning for events, you know, for weddings, for any special occasion where you want to have a few drinks, we're, uh, we're your one-stop shop. And, and oh, by the way, I forgot. I named off all those holidays. There are other holidays that I forgot. It's called Friday and Saturday. <laughs> well, as I like to say, any day that ends in Y. Well done, my friend. So what kind of specials on all different types of beer, wine, and spirits do you have if people want to stop into your store on Colfax or if they want to just have it delivered? Definitely. I mean, uh, check out our website for all the you know current sales we've got going on. I mean, we have great prices on everything. I mean, our, our prices are you know, as competitive as they can be in the metro area. So we really uh, pride ourselves on getting you the best product at the best price. So um, we're we're happy to do that for this and every single holiday. The one thing I really like about Argonaut is the people that work there are so experienced. You need a certain type of wine. You have a specialist for that, and I'm not going to even bother trying to pronounce it. Salmonier, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. We have several Psalms on staff. Um, I'm one of them, actually. We have... Uh, uh, a level three sommelier who is a master's candidate at one point. Our wine buyer is a sommelier. So we have, you know, at least five or six on staff at all times. So if you're looking for wine, because it can be a, a challenging category to get into, we've got people who can guide you every step of the way. Now, let's talk about your spirits. And I love the fact that you have special events and you have a great one coming up on June 17th. We do. Yeah. It's our uh, annual whiskey wheel event. So uh, what it is, it's a, a tastings. We'll have four rare whiskeys. Two of the four will be from the Pappy Van Winkle line. Um, so it'll be the Old Rip 10 and the uh, Pappy Van Winkle 12 Lot B. You'll get to try both of those. Um, and then two other bottles that we haven't picked yet. And then you get the opportunity to come up, spin a wheel. Um, on the wheel will be pictures of allocated whiskeys, everything from, you know, Weller to um, some special mixers to a bunch of different things. And whatever you land on, you get the opportunity to purchase. So it's a really fun event. We had done it um, live in the store pre-COVID, and then we did a couple online. But we're delighted to be back in the store live with the tasting. So really, really excited. That'll be from 3 to 6 p.m. The other thing I really like about Argonaut Wine & Liquor is the fact that it's not some big national chain. Your prices are reflective of a big national chain where you order in bulk and the prices are lower but how long has this been a family business yeah definitely we're blessed i'm actually fourth generation um at argonaut but it's been in our family for uh over 55 years now and you know what you're what you're saying about the pricing is you know reflective of how colorado is really set up to have large independent local liquor stores and we're we've been blessed to be one of them for over 50 years so um we love being a part of the community and Anybody who knows us knows we love giving back to our community and, and just being a part of Denver. So here's the deal. If you live in the city, you know where to go. 
They're right off of Colfax, right? But if you work in the city and live in the suburbs, stop by Argonaut, see why they're so fantastic, right? And then take a drive home. Don't open up the bottle on the way home. Just because it's in a brown paper bag doesn't mean you have to be like Otis on Mayberry on the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> take it home and enjoy your spirit, your beer, your wine. How do people find you? Definitely. Um, so we have a bunch of different convenient ways to shop. We have our website, www.argonautliquor.com. Uh, we, you can give us a call, 303-831-7788. We have uh, five full-time event planners on staff at all times um, who you can speak to, and then uh, in-store, and we also offer curbside pickup if you'd uh, you know, rather not get out of the car. So a bunch of different ways to shop, and all convenient, and delivery also with, as you mentioned, um, anything over $100 is free delivery. Happy Memorial Day, my friend. To you too, Eric. All right. See you, Josh. All right. Bef- see you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Before we get to Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it, the schedule has been announced for the Western Conference Final. The NHL released the provisional schedules, the possibilities for the conference finals. The Eastern Conference Final, whether regardless of whether Carolina or the Rangers comes through, is going to open next Wednesday. More important here, though, if the Avs win tonight, and I've been chided for saying if, if the Avs win tonight, Game one of the Western Conference Finals against Edmonton is Tuesday here, here. At, here at Ball Arena. And game two would be Thursday here at Ball Arena. If it goes seven and the Avs win, game one against the Oilers will be Thursday here, and game two will be Saturday here. All right. With that, time now for Just In Case You Missed It. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, uh, a controversial quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, is back in the news. He were, had a workout with the Raiders earlier this week, I believe, on Wednesday. Reports were saying he was looking good. And uh, this is a quarterback who hasn't played an NFL down in about five, six years now. Do we think that this is an actual step forward in getting him back in the league, or is it more of just a courtesy, see how it is, so that NFL News can put, a, put their thumbs back and say, hey, we did something? I think it's a, probably a courtesy it'll turn out to be. And I, I realize that the stakes and the discussion and the social aspects going on, including the lawsuit, there will be there will be a kind of, they'll pay at lip service. I don't think they'll end up back in the league. Who would you rather have, Brett Rippon on the roster? All due respect to Brett Rippon or Colin Kaepernick. I'll take Colin Kaepernick. Well, the upside there is, is far more uh, impressive. And, you know, he's really old, though. He's, 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 a, he's a year older than Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's there. By the way, there was talk about Colin Kaepernick possibly hooking up with the Seahawks, but according to reports, they did not bring Kaepernick in because Russell Wilson was on the roster and they did not want it to be any type of a distraction. I would be more phased by his five years of, of inaction than anything else. Okay, let me ask you, because it is Memorial Day weekend. Okay, it's yes. Memorial Day weekend. And if we remember back in World War II, 
Bob Feller served yes. in, in, in the armed forces. Hank Bauer, several. Okay, a lot uh, of these guys. Hank Greenberg and Ted Williams. How many years are they gone? Two, three years? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's the difference? This and is, I think Ted Williams was pretty good when he came back. Yes, he? he was, and he also flew in the Korean War. Yeah, so but anyway, we're talking you know, about five years a long time. I get that. I understand that. But I'd be willing to bet he is better than any team's third string quarterback right now, even out of the year, even out of the league five years. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I would, I would sign him, but I don't think it's going to happen. I hope some team does. I really do. He never should have been banned from the league. Um, it's a shame with what happened. I mean, he is football. He is football's version of Kurt Flood, who stood up for what he believed in. And then Major League Baseball said, Kurt, you're not coming back. He came back for like a cup of coffee, but he was done. And same thing with Colin Kaepernick. The biggest compliment would be as somebody signs him thinking, you know, there's, we're looking for lightning in a bottle here, too. Wouldn't it be a great story if he could just come in and actually play? I don't, well, apparently he looked good at the workout. So why, why couldn't he play? But what ta- what the, do you find out from a workout, though? I, I don't know. What, what's his arm strength? All side the, the biggest knock on Colin Kaepernick was this when he played. He really didn't study the playbook. That's what I was told by people in San Francisco. He wasn't a guy who was dedicated to the game to truly learn the game. He played because he had great physical ability, mm-hmm. but he never wanted to truly understand the game. If he finally gets that, that he really needs to dig into his playbook, then maybe he can combine whatever physical ability he has and then... Let, let's see if he his acumen has gone up. Has he told people that he, he's willing to do that? I don't. I, I, if he wants to get back in the league, he shouldn't have to tell him. That should just be obvious. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. It is Memorial Day weekend. Go stop by off of Colfax or you can order online. Remember, all deliveries in the Denver metro area, over 100 bucks are free. Argonaut Wine and Liquor, you think Memorial Day and you think barbecue, get some from Argonaut Wine and Liquor off of Colfax. Got Argonaut liquor.com terry happy memorial day i will see you on tuesday you did a fantastic job nigel pushing all the right buttons for milehighsports.com nigel's a rock star uh nolan i can't wait for danny to come back make it the best possible weekend you can I was born in a city